to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Sounds like that's pretty good. <laughs> it's just funny because, like, I remember when Astro was playing tennis a couple of months ago at the end of the school year, they would announce over the speakers uh, what court to go to. There were like eight courts, and they would announce, call the names and tell them what court to go to. And they're calling every player, every single one, by their last name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to Asher, and they're like, and Asher, <laughs> you know, like, they didn't even try to like, and Asher, you're on court three. And, That's so uh, funny. and so, even at his awards ceremony uh, the last week of school, the the guy who's reading the names and he is reading every name first and last and he gets to Asher and he goes Asher <laughs> the Elish <laughs> you know, like there's this long pause I think it's funny when people tell you how you're supposed to pronounce your last name mm. yeah and it's different maybe like if you're country of origin right you know what I mean if I go to the Philippines and they're like well here's how you pronounce it it's just funny yeah, yeah, to yeah. me that like like in in West Texas, people are like, we got to roll all the R's. That's happened to me. Well, not, not, I, I wasn't pissed. Like, how do you do that? I had a, we had a substitute one time doing, uh, doing roll, and he goes, uh, Pierce Lave is Pierce Lave here. And I was like, it's just love, man. It's, you're fine. You don't have to try that hard. I was trying to make it like French or something. I guess so, man. I don't know it was how super weird. It is because it's been a long time since I've watched it. But have you watched the, is it the Peel, the sketch where he's the substitute teacher? Hey, hey, yes. Ron. Yeah. <laughs> and he's calling, he calls all, of the, all their names or like, he just butchers all their names. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Oh, hey, man. let's go. Let's step on over to the PCC, my friends. Come on. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the corner. Let's do it. We're here. Pierce's Culture Corner. I appreciate uh, that you're changing the corner. You know, you used to go to the corner when you're in trouble, and now we're going to the corner to be educated. No, to learn. To, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this. But uh, so a couple months back, here we go. Um, a, couple, no a couple months back. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, we had Easter, and I know this is late compared to that, but uh, there were, I guess it's almost, almost three months now, but... We had a lot of people, I saw a few people on Twitter sharing like medieval pictures of Christ or medieval pictures of the, of the, resu- of the right. yeah, actual photographs, yeah, yeah actual Polaroids, uh, medieval <laughs> paintings of Christ or medieval paintings of, oh, okay. of the crucifixion. And there, there are more than I had anticipated. I shouldn't necessarily say a lot, but more than I had thought of just the wound in Jesus's side and the I just, like whole paintings of just, I've the, just wound? the wound. Yeah, I'll find the. I don't think I have it on here, but I have it on my phone. I'll show you the picture later. It's like the entire painting is just the wound, and then there's like other thing. I don't know if they like painted mini stories like around it. There's oh, yeah. other What's details around it, but that there's has, like that has a name in art history. Where I got they you. Do a main picture in the middle, and then a whole bunch of like little vignettes. I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and I it was what that's called. Um, and the ongoing joke with those that they were sharing was that it looks like a woman's. Hoo ha! <laughs> uh, <laughs> to keep it clean, <laughs> um, and I saw that joke over and over. Just I mean, I shouldn't say over and over. It sounds about like that sounds painting. like yeah about the painting. Like saw I saw a few people. I'll say it that way. Like it, enough for me for it to be repetitive in my feed um, of people making those jokes about these paintings, and uh, and I was like, that's really interesting. But then I began to see some things that were actually 
comparing it to the real thing. So I saw one that was like a like the wound of Jesus to an actual who <laughs> yes yeah so there was one that said um gosh how did she, I didn't have I don't have the actual tweet quoted on here I should have saved the picture to my iPad but it said it said let's let's also on this day not forget where blood water and new life oh also also flow from and it was like a sculpture that looked more like the anatomy than the wound and but was trying to point at that. And it was like trying to make the connection between the wound of Christ to where water, blood and new life flow from in regards to a woman and was trying to push that to a higher standpoint or make that illusion is probably the, the better way of saying it. And then I had seen within weeks of that, I had seen another picture be shared of a, of a, of a woman breastfeeding and she's saying to her child as she's breastfeeding, this is my body broken for you. Ugh. Take and eat. Oh, wow. And I, I just Ugh. don't know the, I there's, so there's something to be, I, yeah, not there, there's something not to Jesus. be said that's be, be proud about motherhood. Like if you want, like acknowledge the, acknowledge the, 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 the servanthood, the pain, the suffering that goes into that bring exactly that goes into bringing new life. But what, I don't understand the need to, if you connect it to, I mean, if we were being honest to connect it to Jesus mm-hmm. is a proclamation of themselves as God. Absolutely. And, and yeah, there's no other way to get around that. There's yeah, no Messiah, other way to get Savior. around it. Yeah. And I don't think I, the people sharing it, I'll say this. I don't know who created these things. They're obviously on Twitter. It's their own Twitter feed, but like the actual memes themselves, the I one that said, that you, yeah, those for those who are watching, you know, <laughs> create yeah, it. Yeah. They tie, you have your invisible phone in your hand. Yeah. You're showing they're, just, how they're to, creating how to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the breastfeeding picture was actually like someone had to paint that and construct that. And they had the words on there as for, as like a dialogue box and someone shared that painting. So, I think that the, the people sharing it, like they're they're just seeing an immediate connection of like, oh, Christ said that, and that's something that goes into motherhood. So that's a beautiful connection. Instead yeah. of thinking even one step ahead, where it really is like Christ is our mother. It, I know, which so that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother yeah. sect as well. Like that's a that's actually a cool. Oh no, that's God is the mother, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a whole nother thing. But like on the surface, you're just flying through social media and you're thinking, oh, that's pretty. And I'm a mom share. Like, but there's, then, then it gets to people like me who have a podcast. (laughs) I'm going to talk about it because, because if you think one step ahead, it's exactly what you said, Micah, it's a proclamation. Like they're, they are proclaiming themselves in that moment to be the sacrifice of the world as Jesus was a sacrifice for us. Like they're equating themselves to what Jesus did in his language there. What he's doing in that moment is he's, he's proclaiming himself to be, he's proclaiming himself to be the Passover lamb. He's proclaiming the cross to be sufficient. He's proclaiming what he's going to do to be sufficient for the sins of the world. And then what's, what sucks is people's people, I think see that a lot of times and make that connection to something like motherhood. And they see that as elevating what Jesus said, where in all actuality, you're diminishing it and you're watering yeah. it down instead of saying like, Christ is the only one who could have done these things. Now you're saying, no, all women have done these well, things. And, all women's bodies have been like broken or he, mothers, I should say. When he's talking to Nicodemus and he says, he says, you got to be born again. And Nicod- mm-hmm. Nicodemus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he's yeah. like, wait, how do I get back in my mother's womb? He's like, no, no, no you've missed it. It's not just yeah. that. It's you got to be born of the spirit as well. So like even Absolutely, Jesus yeah. acknowledges that the new life we have in him isn't being born from a... Mm-hmm. Hee-haw, what'd you say? <laughs> Hoo-ha, how did Hoo-ha? I say? Yeah. I don't know how you said it. It's, it's a whole hee-haw. different... Hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> hee-haw. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So it's a totally different concept. It's yeah. There's no way to get around. This is a proclamation. This is like a proclamation of yourself as God. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, my encouragement to you guys as listening and watching is that if there's something out there that people are trying to make cultural ties to the words of Christ, um, or trying to make those illusions or make those connections, I think a little bit like you're, you sharing stuff on social media has a little bit more weight than you think. It, it, it feels fast and quick because you're just hitting a share button. That's all you're doing. But have, think about it a little bit deeper. And those of you who are out there creating that type of stuff, please don't just stop. Like <laughs> just, just stop real well, quick. Back to the beginning, like Jesus's wound mm-hmm. in his side had nothing to do with his mother. No. Yeah. Or a proclamation of motherhood. Like this was, nope. yeah. I mean, this was to fulfill prophecy. The, mm-hmm. the artist might have just been a really bad artist. And yeah. People now are going, oh, well, this kind of looks silly. like something else. And I'm yeah. assuming so. it's probably old enough to be, I'm assuming, I haven't seen this, but mm-hmm. like the, the time when a lot of those paintings were done was with the Roman Catholic Church was like True. the thing. And so part of Roman Catholicism is this viewpoint of Mary as to yeah. some degree. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. And so it makes sense that they always try to bring it back to Mary, which is in essence, just another false gospel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which hearing that, I think puts the weight so much more on these types of things. And so understand that, that the gospel is what we said last episode, the gospel is the most important thing in this world. Mm-hmm. And so we don't ever want to, as believers, water that down or dilute it by the things that we're sharing or posting or, or, or having a part in. And instead of elevating your own personal experience to the magnitude of Christ's accomplishments, how about we view our own experience through the lens of Christ's accomplishments and allow that to speak into our own experience. So yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of thoughts that day as I was scrolling through the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, what are we talking about today, my friend? Pierce, today we are going to talk about fear. Ooh. And uh, we're going to talk about being afraid um, and living in fear and uh, how fear ultimately is, uh, is we talked about this where Michael, you'd said this about not having control of the situation or maybe even more than that, wanting control of the situation, uh, wanting to be in control of the situation. It, but what it boils down to is not trusting God. So we're going to talk but about Ryan- that. Isn't fear just emotion we experience normally as humans? I think I'm having too much of an influence on you, man. <laughs> well, well, actually, Pierce. <laughs> oh, Who's bringing up the dumb questions now? <laughs> I'm drinking Dr. Pepper. Pierce. No, right. We're just swapping roles. Why, why are you influencing Micah so poorly? Uh, He's asking solid questions over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've literally never asked a dumb question on this podcast. So I thought, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> That's good. That is my turn. Yeah. Well, well, actually, uh, we we do think of fear as somewhat normal. I think it's because all of us have been afraid at some point. Uh, but what we want to talk about today is there's first of all there's a difference between reactionary fear, like uh, um, the example that I would use is you know walking down a trail here in West Texas, uh, nearly stepping on a rattlesnake. I've seen two posts from friends of mine in the last two days of people talking about rattlesnakes that one bit their horse, one bit a, a dog oh, and just mm, being aware. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. That the horse apparently tried to bite the rattlesnake. <laughs> wow. So the horse got bitten in the head and the, the horse looks like a cartoon character because the head is really <laughs> massive. And it's, like, I heard someone poor, say, is the horse going to be okay? Yeah. The horse okay, will be good. okay. But it's like, I heard someone it, say one time it's better for it looks dogs. Like Charlie Brown. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is better for dogs to get bit by a rattlesnake in the head than like in the foot. Really? Like, I forget exactly what they said, but it's something that like they're able to process it. Oh, wow. There, but 
Well, yeah. So that Anyways. was that's a reactionary fear. Uh, you know, somebody jumping out of a closet. You know, and you have kind of a fear response to that. Uh, that's completely different than the fear that we want to talk about today. We'll talk about both, but different than the fear we want to talk about where fear is controlling you or shaping your worldview or shaping what you believe about who God is. And, uh, and so I think, uh, I think, yes, it's, it's normal for people to feel fear. Uh, we just need to be really careful about what kind of fear we're allowing into our lives, because ultimately the fear can end up controlling you and you're not submitting yourself to God. And so uh, a couple of examples, there was a, there was a mask that my grandmother, I don't know why my grandmother had, but there was this mask that my grandmother yeah, had that, uh, <laughs> that looked like just an old man. Um, mm. uh, like, and my mom describes it as an old man's face melting. I think it was just a poorly done mask that looks like a, <laughs> an old man with saggy skin or whatever. But like, yeah. apparently it was a quite terrifying. Was it creepy? Yeah. 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 Like so, so much so that when I was in, she had it for a long time. Like when I was a newborn, we were living with my grandmother for a little while and my dad was sitting out on an old tree stump in my grandmother's backyard with this mask on one day <laughs> and had like a bottle of booze and stuff. I was like, pretend like he was drunk and was coming up towards the house and beating on the door. And the story is that my grandmother left my mother and me. So my mom's like, 19 at this point, and I'm a newborn and left me and my mother in the house as so she goes tearing off down the street, like running away for help. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought you were about to say she like went and got the gun and went. No, she was gone. Wow. <laughs> but uh, but when I was a little bit older, uh, probably like six, seven, something like that, we, Haley and I would spend the night at my grandmother's sometimes, or not, maybe not the whole night, but like my parents would go to a movie or a date or whatever. And, uh, my grandmother would put us to bed at her house and then our parents would come and they'd get us. And you might remember this and that your parent loads you out to the car and you're half asleep, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, there were a few times that what my dad would do when he had me in his arms, he'd be like, Hey, Ryan, wake up. And he'd be wearing that mask mm. and I'm in his arms and he's wearing, and it traumatized me, <laughs> yeah. you know, like terrorized, terrorized yeah. me, you know? And so I had, I had, you know, fear of the dark and stuff like that a lot as a kid. And I think that, um, I think that that's a little bit different than what we're talking about. Like the fear that really is shaping your decisions and shaping mm -hmm. who you are as a person. Can you give an example of like something and you think that would, or an example of what that would look like? Yeah. So for me, this is, uh, I mean, like I, I, I feel, and this is something that Micah and Pierce have been helping me process through lately. I, I feel like for all the growth that I've had in 20 plus years coming through depression 20 years ago, um, getting to the other side of that, like when I was 25, so more than 20 years ago, I, I've realized that there's still a lot of fear in my heart. Um, like Micah, you, you and I talked before about finances and how like, uh, mm. um, how there have been multiple times in our ministries where we were like, okay, I need to take control. I need to, you know, and then God's always provided for us, but we always feel like we've got to do it instead mm -hmm. of letting God do it. And I think that maybe that's probably shaped a little differently for you than me. Like you're a, you're a problem solver. And so for you, when you're in a tough spot financially, you're going, you're thinking from a problem solver's perspective of how can I fix this? My, I'm usually thinking from a fear perspective, mm. like I'm not going to make it. How am I going to make it? Mm. Even though God's, God's, protected me and provided for gotcha. me hundreds of times, mm. um, it, fear comes in again. And I'm like, but is he going to provide for me this time? Is that for you? Is that like an emotional thing? Like where you feel kind of like a terror or something that's yeah. like, 
uh, like the how would you say it? like like it affects your day to day yeah for sure activities. like so I, I, if if it's prominent I won't sleep mm-hmm. um, I'll feel a lot of anxiety I feel stress uh, for me there's a lot of other things that that come into it but part of it at least is um, well I'll, I'll tell you like and this is stupid because I think we're a really good team the three of us and I think we're really very confident that God has called us to the 456 and that mm-hmm. this is where we want to be. But as our church is growing and and as you, Micah, are making plans for a building and stuff like that, one of the reasons that I've asked you not to talk to me about it is because it, I know it'll make me anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, like- Anxious about the process or anxious about growing? So here, here's, I think, the root of it. I think the root of it is that even though we three are equally pastors- um, I am primarily the teaching pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I feel a great weight of responsibility. Yeah. And there's a part of me that, which I share with you guys because I haven't ever prepared a series that I haven't bounced off of you guys. Like mm-hmm. we're, it's when I'm preaching, yeah. I'm representing us. But it's different because you're carrying the weight of it. It feels yeah. different. It yeah. shouldn't feel different because I, I don't think it should feel different, honestly, because we are a team. I'm not in charge. I'm not the boss. I'm, But it, I feel this weight. And so I worry what if we get a building and what if we don't grow and what if I fail? Mm. And, and <laughs> okay. so, so like there's a part of me that's scared because what if, what if it does grow and what if, what if I fail? Mm. Uh, and so I have a lot of fear of failure, which mm. it ironically keeps me from trying things uh, because it's easier to, you, you can't fail if you don't try. And so there are a lot of things in my head that I've realized in just the last couple of months talking to you guys that I, I still carry a lot of fear, probably shaped in me by my childhood and to a large degree. Um, but I, I am recognizing that it is keeping me from having the kind of relationships with people I need to have, and it is keeping me from trusting God the way I need to trust God. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, what I'm hoping for the people who are listening today is that maybe they can get to this quicker than I did. Uh, but I'm realizing now that my fear is it's keeping me from being the kind of parent I want to be, the kind of husband I want to be, the kind of follower of Christ that I want to be. Like mm-hmm. it's, it is stifling me somehow. And it's ultimately because I'm, I'm not trusting that God is who he says he is. Uh, it seems like that. I mean, I'm sure we could share other examples too, but I feel like in the times we've talked before about like fear in life and the way that you're talking about, it, it seems like the core of it comes from not trusting God or feeling mm-hmm. like you're out of control. Yeah. If we're just using a practical example of like, rattlesnakes, um, you feel like you're not in control. I, I mm-hmm. almost drowned in a pool when I was real little. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say almost drowned, like my perspective was that I was drowning. I was, yeah. That's your only weakness. That's it. Water. That's it. Water. True. Water. Man, that'd be, that would suck. Yes. <laughs> that would suck. I can't kayak fish anymore. I can't go on the boat. Can't go to the beach. Can't go fly fishing in the mountains. Man, <laughs> yeah, you'd be dead. Oh, that'd be awful. <laughs> Anyways, but like, I, I mean, my, from my perspective, I was drowning. I was like, I couldn't swim. And the pool I was in was an indoor pool at some family's house. And it had one of those real steep, like, in, or, yeah, you know, down to the deep end from the shallow end. And mm-hmm. I got a little too far and started sliding down it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't swim. So I remember like pushing up off the bottom, getting to the top, taking a breath and going out and like yelling as I'm coming to the top. And I just remember bobbing up and down until someone came and pulled me out. So well, that like, was actually pretty smart of you to bob, to oh, jump yeah. off, up off the bottom. It was just instinctive. But it, yeah. in my mind, it felt like I was, 
out yeah. of out of control. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I was out of you control. You couldn't change your situation. Right. And yeah. I wasn't. And so like, I'm sh- I don't remember this, but I'm sure for a while I didn't want to get back in the pool. Right. And so that's what I mean is like, even on a practical level, it's the lack of control that seems to drive this feeling of fear. Yep. And I think you could apply that the same way. Like when we have fears in life that are more like not, re- what did you say earlier, reactionary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the the likelihood seems to be that it is a a area of our life that we haven't actually like said I trust God in this area. Yeah, like I'm imagining that's probably like you working through stuff with depression in your past. It's, it's recognizing maybe areas in your life where you don't actually trust God in those areas that right. there's been growth, but you still haven't like said God I trust you completely right. in this because it seems it's funny we say it this way it seems scary. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing right. that's what it is, right? Yeah. 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 Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And, and I think that, that when we, when we really rest in the fact that Christ is our salvation, when we really rest that he is our stronghold, like the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like there, there is safety in Christ, even, even if it means it, costs you everything. If mm. it costs you your life, if it costs you your family, if it costs you... And he, and here's what's really interesting. Um, a number of years ago, I was having some really bad pain and in my stomach, and they didn't know what it was. They ran a couple of tests, couldn't figure out what it was. They asked about a family history. And can I just... Moral of the story really quickly here is make sure you know your family history <laughs> yeah. because it would have saved me a lot of... <laughs> A lot of tests. <laughs> and so they asked me about gallbladder stuff and I didn't know anything. So I was like, no, I don't know any. And so they're like, well, we, we think you might have stomach cancer. Oh. oh. And so, uh, so I got a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and they ran some other tests, uh, because of the kind of pain that I was having and the stomach issues that I was having. They thought that I might have stomach cancer or colon cancer or something like that. And, and the three days that it took to get those tests run and get the results, like, I wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, you know, I believe that God has numbered my days and I believe that, uh, that God, I'm not going to die before my time. Well, we've talked about that, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like God is not aware of my pending impending death. He's not unaware of it. You know? He's not aware yeah. of it. Did I say aware? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. God is not unaware gotcha, of, God. of when, <laughs> when I'm going to. Oh no, Ryan's yeah. got cancer. Where, where, where's but, Ryan? Oh, he But died. like there wasn't any fear about it. And yet, um, what what i have what i've learned is that most of my fear most of my fear has to do with how people perceive me mm, mm. um and most of my fear has to do with my ability to accomplish whatever my work or task is well like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm fearful that i won't be able to do it well uh so like it's it's all self motivated yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the point of that being that I, I am not thinking about my work in front of me as something God has entrusted to me. I'm thinking about my work in front of me as something I have to do well in so that I can gotcha. continue to be worth something or fun. Anyway, I'm mm-hmm. trying to, I'm seeking to find value. It's pride. Yeah, it's totally pride. I'm seeking to find value in these things other than finding my value in Christ. And because I can't control things all the time, <laughs> yeah. now I'm fearful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, it just, I, I'm learning that there are a lot of areas. I, I'm very rarely optimistic. I'm, I'm, I am excited about what the other side of this journey will look like. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one of the things I know for sure is I'll sleep better. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that'll be super nice. But I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about the other end of this journey. I'm mm-hmm. excited about what happens on the other side of this. Yeah, I think I just, with the aspect of understanding fully, I, just, I mean, we say this every episode, keep crisis core, what could be simpler than that? Um, right there. Look at that. KCAC, look at that shirt, Ryan's showing off. Um, when we come at it as, from an understanding of, of, of we are secure in Christ, while life is happening, kind of what you brought up with the cancer example of like the potential of having cancer, like reactionary fear could be happening in the midst of that. But if you're viewing this life, kind of like I said to the PCC, through the lens of Christ and his accomplishments, then what's the worst that could happen in cancer? Quote unquote, the worst, you could die. Right. right. But your, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Like your, your earthly death doesn't mean anything in regards to eternity. Like you're with Christ. And so, yeah, of course there's getting your affairs in order and getting things like that. Sure. But in that same place, there is comfort and stability. Kind of what we said last episode with that Winnie the Pooh example of, of having someone next to you with Christ, with an understanding of knowing that Christ is always with us. He will never forsake us and nothing can snatch us from his hand. May it be cancer or rattlesnake or whatever, whatever, whatever the the example may be and even way deeper examples such as insecurity or how you've been shaped by a poor childhood or something like that. Um, if you know Jesus and have your faith placed in Jesus, none, none of that can snatch you from his hand. He is always present. And so in regards to fear and acknowledging that you don't have control and that in itself is scary, acknowledging that my stability rests in Christ and it never has been in my control. Right. And so like that can... I'm, at least in my, the way my mind works, that helps relinquish that control of like, I was never in control to begin with. And even as I came to Jesus, I said, when I, when I was in control, I sucked at it. Like, I would feel, rather you, you be in like Jesus. Do you feel you have fear? fear or like there's certain fears in I'm, your life that... I'm racking my brain and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's not to toot my own horn by any means. I'm just... Toot, toot. I, I know, but I think that there's, um, there might be, maybe there's moments um, of, I've, I guess I've noticed in like... I, don't, I would never use the word fear to describe it. But what I was going to say is I've noticed in, in marriage and, uh, and being a parent, um, ish that, uh, <laughs> that, um, there are moments where I'm like, I know that I'm serving you from the perspective of Christ, but I'm not seeing like the immediate fruit of that. And so I'm, I guess there might be fear that I'm not actually serving them with the mindset of Christ. So it oh, kind of makes me question in that moment. I got you. Um, but I don't know. It, it, I would never say it as a fear. Like I would never, I would never use that word. I guess you could in a sense, like I'm worried that I'm not doing it properly or to my full extent, loving them well in those moments. And it's making me kind of check the moments, but mm-hmm. I don't know if fear would ever, it's not, it doesn't keep me up at night. Like I think the stability is still in Christ. Um, and it's not something that I wrestle with. You know, one of the things that I think is a, the biggest uh, condemnation to me in all this is Isaiah 26, three says you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is on you because mm. he trusts in you. Yeah. And, and so I think that without stretching it too much, we could argue that peace and fear are at least at odds with one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so like one of the things mm. that may indicate one, one of the things I think, controlling fear indicates is that our mind is not on God. Mm-hmm. Um, so you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is on you because he trusts in you. And so like, it's, it's a, 
it's that's a good resource for me. That might not work for everybody, but that's a good resource for me because now what I can do in that moment is I can go, okay, if you're fearful right now, it means your mind isn't on God. Yeah. Right? Um, your mind isn't on who Christ is and what he's yeah. done. Your mind is on circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, to, sorry. Yeah, to, please. To, I think you saying that kind of bred some clarity into, I think, why I might have those initial feelings of, am I loving them right? Then it goes back to my death. I think one of my fears mm-hmm. for a long time before Christ shaped me out of it was I don't want to I don't want to be my dad because the way that sure. it looked the way it looks to me was that my dad was a solid Christian that then all of a sudden pursued sin pursued the world pursued these things and abandoned everything sure. and so I think that there was this fear that like that that's possible right. if that makes sense and so I think Christ shaped my perspective of like no 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 you're you're secure in me it's not like like that that was going on for a long time with him like this right. wasn't just like an out of the blue type of right. thing I'm gonna do this now like it was something that he to use his own words was struggling with for a long time but I mean we would say that he was never truly a believer right um, and so based off of First John two exactly like, yeah yeah that those who depart from Christ were never with yeah him. and I don't know where he ended up when he died it's a whole other discussion sure. but all that to say I think that that might be At where that point, yeah. where that slight worry may be now maybe maybe flex of what Christ destroyed in me that makes still years sense, ago I, I feel like probably we would we would say most people would say at least that their fear has to do with some experience from mm-hmm. the past like I'll give you an oh, example no of, of yeah. one for me is a. Uh, <laughs> This is a bunch of almosts in my life, I guess, which is, <laughs> I almost fell into a shark tank at like, Gosh. like SeaWorld. I don't know what it was. It was one of those like SeaWorld or awesome. one of the, I feel like it was in California. So it probably wasn't SeaWorld, but like they Could've had been. the SeaWorld San Diego. Yeah. That's the big okay. one. That's the big one. So they had, they had a shark tank and they had like this. And you thought viewing of, area. Uh, Ace Ventura pet detective. <laughs> yes. Where he exactly. falls in. Yep. Even though <laughs> no, he just, just wanted to meet Mark Cuban. Even though this happened before that. Yeah. But, um. I like, I remember like looking, leaning over to look and like falling forward, my dad grabbing me and pulling me back. Well, for whatever reason in that moment, mm. like I had this fear of sharks, sharks. all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't really have a fear. Like it's not yeah, like yeah. I'm not freaked out by sharks. Right. I still get in the ocean. But there was, when I was in college, we all, a bunch of us friends in college, I went on a cruise mm. and one day we took a, one of those excursions where we took a sailboat out to a reef to snorkel. Cool. Well, they parked the sailboat. I don't know. 200 yards away from the reef. Mm-hmm. And so there's this wide open area of ocean. You got to swim mm. to get to the reef. Well, I was like, I don't remember what happened. Oh, I got sick on the sailboat, like mm. motion sick. I didn't know that it was going to mess me up that bad. I was like sick, sick. So I swam out to the reef with everybody after I was sick, but just didn't feel good. So I was going to swim back to the boat. Mm-hmm. Well, I go back to the boat by myself. Oh, yeah. And I'm swimming through this section of like, I'm guessing like it may have been 50 feet, but it felt like 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm swimming by myself in the ocean and I look around, I look down and look to my left and right and front and back. And there's nothing but ocean. Like yeah. I'm under the water with my goggles looking and I, like, there's nothing. And I've never in my life felt so small and insecure yep. before. Right. And I'm swimming and I'm literally freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. is there a shark coming to get me? I'm not really that like, I get in the ocean now, fine. Like I've mm-hmm. even been around sharks now and it's, it's fine. But like yeah. that, for whatever reason, that moment, based on like probably my experience as a kid, like yeah. caused me to feel this fear. So I think that's probably the case is that yeah. we have some kind of experience from the past, whether yep. it's major or not, that influences us in a way where I could, here's what I think. I think that if in that moment, my guess is as I'm swimming, if I'd started going, man, God, Look how beautiful this ocean is, and put mm-hmm. my yeah. put my mind on the Lord. I think that fear probably would have gone away, mm-hmm. even if a shark had eaten you. Even if a shark just came seconds. up and just yeah, 
<laughs> I went I went scuba diving in the Philippines one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because it was so opposite. Like I'm down, I don't know, we were like 30 feet, not super deep. Mm-hmm. But like I, we're, we're feeding the fish because that's what they want you to do is like experience all this. Right. So we're like, wait, this bread and we hold this bread up and it's crumbling and there's fish coming from all over the place. And the, the guy that was guiding us was like, you know, there will be sharks that come up sometimes. Just don't freak out. Like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, and there wasn't a moment where I was down there with the bread going, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's a shark." <laughs> and I think it's because different mindset, different mindset, different yeah. perspective. Well, to your point, um, my kids have never had nightmares about you know something under their bed. They've never mm-hmm. been afraid of a monster under their bed. They've never been afraid of monsters in their closet, stuff like that. So what if I found that mask your dad had and <laughs> snuck under your bed one night and came out? Yeah, that would mess with me. But uh, well, I mean, it, I will tell you that like I would uh, probably die because you probably have a pistol right there. You yeah, probably just my uh, my cousins Elizabeth and Rachel and my sister Haley and I um, we were all playing. We were all. If I was guessing like 10 to 11 years old, 10 to 12 mm-hmm. years old. And we were playing. We were all there for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something at my grandmother's house, all the whole family. And uh, and we're playing in this back room, this kid's room that we would always play in. And mm-hmm. we didn't realize that it had gotten dark outside. And two whole walls of this bedroom are windows. And I don't know how long we've been playing, but one of us looks up and there's just a person, an old man standing at the window. And we just ran down the hall, yeah. screaming all the way back out to the kitchen. And of course, it was my dad yeah. in the mask, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, like, uh, but I, I, I was, I had a lot of fear of, I had a lot of fear of, of old dark. men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fear of the dark, and I had a lot of fear of just. Uh, but th- there were things like that that shaped those things for me. And, yeah, and uh, they, it's. It, I, I'm really convinced. In most cases, I don't want to make an absolute here, Pierce, because I know how much you hate absolutes. Yeah, I'll absolutely, absolutely I'll absolutely absolutes. fire you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think a great deal, even of what we know and believe about Christ, I think a great deal of our behavior and our ability to act a certain way comes from what we think. Mm-hmm. Our, our thinking shapes our actions, and so yeah. Um, for me to be 47 and to know what I know about God and to still, I don't want to say that I'm ruled in by fear, but for me to have it cripple me so many days a year, Mm -hmm. like even if it's a day a month, two days, three days a month, sometimes like, Mm uh, I, I just, I'm at the point now where I, I don't want to be like, well, that's, that's just an acceptable amount of fear. You know, I don't want to yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah. Like I want to, I, I want to come deeper into a relationship with Christ where I'm trusting him more fully, um, and not allowing things in my childhood to, to influence my thought more than Christ does. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's, it's a risk factor, right? Like that's what we were doing. Like it's, mm. it's us calculating the risk. Yeah. And if we feel like we can't control it, then we feel this out of, control sense we could call fear that's what it seems like you you are fearful of something you can't control Mm -hmm. and i think that's uh that's an acknowledgement of our maybe points in life when we are not relying on god and that thing i'm fearful of this because i don't actually trust god and i would say ryan you've expressed this before sometimes it it comes from your lack of understanding of how something happens so like you've even said before you don't want to know like about the building we might build or that we're going to build. Like you don't want to know necessarily the details of it because for you, 
part of your personality is, is that you function best when you understand like the yeah. structure. I, I will try to figure it out. Right. And because I can't, it'll, fr it'll frustrate me and it'll make me anxious because I don't know how it's going to work. Right. And I know that you know how it's going to work. Right. I was going to say that the difference is like, <laughs> so the difference is like, you go for it. Is like you saying, I trust you to, because you're doing it. If you feel anxiety or fear, then that's actually saying, you might tell me, I trust you, but what you're actually acknowledging is that, that, that you don't. Yeah. And, and so it's easier for me in something like that, because the reality is I don't, I don't have any interest in learning all the stuff that you already know. I just, I don't, mm -hmm. um, it's not, there are a lot of other things that I want to do that I don't feel like I'm doing well enough right now, but I will try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. If, if I, if I start to, if I start to get included in the conversation now, yeah. it's, it's one thing for you to come to me and go, Hey, uh, do you care what the stage looks like this? Or do you like those kinds of things I think right, are right. interesting, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to know the finances. And we, and we wouldn't even say like, <laughs> we wouldn't even say like, it's, it's, uh, you're not even acknowledging, like you feel like it'd be wrong for you to try to figure that out or have no, interest in it. No. What you're acknowledging is that there's something in you that causes anxiety when you don't understand exactly how it's going to work. Yeah. And so yeah. the easiest way for you to avoid that anxiety is to not try to be involved in it. And it just trust the person, whoever's doing it. Yeah. And, well, those, and I think, cause I think you could apply that to like a lot of life situations in general. Those are details that you and like Darren are more attuned to. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be mm -hmm. in, uh, in Colorado a few years ago in the summer, um, had, a, had my friend Rex Stevenson with me, we were going fishing and there was this pretty remote location we were going to, and to get to the spot, you had to drive up we were already in the mountains. We had to drive up right. farther into the mountains and there was a, the road we were on didn't have, didn't have any, uh, like rails on it. And one side of the road, the drop off was no joke, like 400 foot cliff. Golly. Right. And so the entire time I'm driving, cause I get motion, motion sick. sick super, yeah. So I'm driving and I drive in the mountains a lot. I say a mm -hmm. lot, you know, a few times a year. Um, Rex doesn't talk like the whole trip. <laughs> I look over and he's just got his hand like gripped as tight as he could on the door and yeah. the, uh, the Opu handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he's out of control. Right. He sees mm -hmm. the potential of what could happen. He's not driving. He doesn't feel in control. I don't feel any fear right. whatsoever or anxiety because yeah. I'm driving and I'm comfortable on those roads. It right. actually wasn't even the first time I've been on that road either. Mm -hmm. But he's experiencing that feeling of anxiety or fear because he's out of in control, out of control. Um, and even if he had said, I'm comfortable with you driving, he's acknowledging in that moment, he's not actually comfortable with me <laughs> right. driving. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that like, what we have to recognize as Christians is that really God is in control and mm -hmm. that he is the authority and we, we can trust him. Yeah. We can, Maybe I mean, that's what I meant earlier by the risk. Like I, and this might just be a personality thing, but if you said this earlier, Pierce, if, if like the worst thing that could happen is death, mm -hmm. then what is it that we're really risking? Exactly, like what, are we, yeah. what are we risking by trusting God in things that we're uncomfortable mm -hmm. with? Yeah. Or we're, we're really risking nothing. We're risking our own pride. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We're risking us being made fun of or feeling inadequate or small. Sure. That's the only risk is something yeah. that is a pride issue where really there's nothing to risk to say, I'm going to trust God in every aspect mm -hmm. of my life. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. Please, well, no, you're fine. I think a way a way to begin. I was thinking like, what does that look like for somebody who hasn't necessarily began 
to see shaping in that mindset. I think a practical way to begin is acknowledging your lack of control in its entirety. So we we tend to, in moments of fear, in moments of distress, or in moments of being uncomfortable, that's when we that's when we bring up the like, oh, that's when we really look deep into ourselves. Um, But in the moments of quote unquote control. But there's no need to to doubt, yeah, and right. so so for instance, like our our American perspective on finances, like right. when the finances are good and things are going well, it's because you have control over it. And then when things get get bad, that's when you've lost control. It's when things are fearful, um, and then you try to either gain control. And it's usually in those moments that you really that you begin to think, oh yeah, I never really had control. But then right. things get up again, and then we kind of swerve back into this mindset of like, oh, I've got control again. I've maintained yeah. okay, it. Okay, so here's a thought: What if so like finances? For me, it makes sense because I think this is one area that I have. I don't know if I feel fear in finances. Like we expressed or, it earlier, or at when least we, not what we would culturally call it's, fear. It's, it's yeah. yes, it's but it's still me not trusting God. In yeah, it. yeah. So you might even if, call it worry or anxiety, sure. like Matthew six does. Yeah. Don't worry about tomorrow. Absolutely. Don't worry about your absolutely your anxious for sure. Yeah, yeah. So here's a thought. Um, I think that they're probably cousins. Fear yeah. and anxiety. <laughs> In in finances, here's the clown with the sharp teeth. I <laughs> the old man, <laughs> yeah, the old man mask. Um, I think that that we would say like, it. Let's say for for example, I'm anxious about my finances because I bought a whole bunch of things I shouldn't buy on a bunch of bad credit. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. It, I can't in that moment go. What well, what I mean? I say in that moment, I trust you, God. Period. Mm-hmm. But I can't in that moment go. God rescue me from this. You can say it. He <laughs> yeah. might. I'm, I'm just, so, yeah. so here's a you thought. You put yourself like, in that situation. What yeah. if we say, God, I trust you for, to avoid fear. I trust you in everything. Mm-hmm. Help me make wise decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think there's a lot of times we actually feel out of control because we've made stupid decisions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I don't think that that's, I think maybe like going back even farther before the fear, making those bad decisions is, something we would say is, is ultimately not trusting God. We talked at the conference about finances that the, uh, the, 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 the idea of being smart or wise with our resources, with our finances, mm-hmm. or our money is basically being content with what we have. Right. Yeah. That's part of trusting God is being content with what we have. It doesn't mean you like say, you know, like, oh, I have two pairs of underwear. I'm good. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is like at a heart, a heart that says I'm content in God and God alone. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that contentment, sure, you can buy things, but what you probably won't find yourself doing is, is overexerting, like spending more than you have, making bad financial decisions. Yeah. Um, I'll say this way. What I mean is I don't think you make bad financial decisions because you're content. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you make bad financial decisions because you're discontent with I something you. and you want yeah, something yeah. else. So like maybe say, trust God and be wise. Mm-hmm. Right. Like trust God, God, I trust you with my finances. So I'm, it's not like you willy nilly say, so I'm not going to work anymore. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. like yeah. trust that you're going to provide yeah. food like manna in the wilderness. Yeah. But it's a God, I trust that you're going to guide me through life. I trust that you're ultimately in control. Even, even if I make some decisions that aren't the best help me walk through that but just say like god i want to be wise so that i'm not putting myself in a position where i have the temptation to distrust you in life and i wonder how much we could apply that principle god i trust you help me make wise decisions to life to keep us from fear so like the only thing i'm really scared of is dancing in front of a large group of people. <laughs> and yeah. I said, when I say, <laughs> when I say scared, I don't really mean like I'm freaking out. It's mm-hmm. just like, if, if, if you were going to pick one, like if I, no, no, that's not true. What's the recurring dream that's you not have? True. I have this recurring dream where I'm, <laughs> I wish I could dance. Where I am, like I am, 
I got to poop real bad. And the only toilet that's available is like in the middle of this giant group of people. No stall. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's so like over funny. and over again. This is like the one. No, you're right. Ultimate fear is like having to take a dump in front of tons of people. You know what's funny about that? We'll get you over that fear. Uh, that's our simpler conference next, next year. Next year, yeah. <laughs> Micah just walks in. All, all the chairs are cleared out. Just one toilet in the middle. <laughs> simpler conference 2023. Watch, that's right. Watch, but there is watch something, Micah poop openly. I don't know if I had like a traumatic experience or what, but like <laughs> With bathrooms. it's a recurring dream and I, I yeah. wake up and I'm like stressed. That's so yeah. funny. So, okay, then maybe that's one more thing, but, but he, like ridiculous stuff like that aside, yeah. I think that maybe that's a, an acknowledgement. Like what if, what if someone that struggles with the fears in life literally just got on their face before God and said, God, teach me to trust you in everything yeah. and help me make wise decisions. Yeah. Well, and, uh, okay. So wise decisions, finances, that kind of thing. Um, if you're in the stock market or crypto or any kind of investments this year, it has been brutal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Michelle and I weren't even in a position where we could even start investing until about a decade ago. And we started investing and we've tried to be really wise with our investments. I feel like we have been and, and not putting our confidence in that, but this is the system we live in and we want to be in a position to help our kids as much as we can. But also I don't think I'm going to paint and preach till I drop dead. I'll mm -hmm. probably do those things to some degree, but not to the degree I'm doing them now. And, uh, and so trying to be wise with that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we've lost so much money this year mm -hmm. that there's a little part of me and, and I'm also working really hard this year uh, at my art and we're, we're at a place now where the church can finally pay us, which has mm -hmm. been a blessing for the last two years or year and a half. And like, I'm doing everything. I, I am making those wise choices and, and I am but I find that I still have anxiety. Mm -hmm. and, and so, so let's pretend that you haven't been careless and you haven't put yourself in a precarious situation. If, if you're, if you're doing everything that God's putting in front of you to do, and you're, you're working as though you're working for the Lord and not for men, and you're seeking to honor God and all the things that you have and things get a little bit tense mm -hmm. and you get fearful. And I'm speaking from experience here. So just hear me out on this before you get defensive. If, if things get a little tense and then you get fearful, what that means is your security wasn't in God to begin with. Your mm. security was in the decisions you were yeah, making. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, and and so when, which is a not trusting God. Yeah, mm -hmm. it means you're not trusting God. Yeah, which mean because if you're you you alluded to this or you may have said it, Pierce, but at least the thought that I had after you said something a minute ago was if you're only trusting in God when things go well, you're not yeah. actually trusting in God. Yeah, that's more of what of the direction I was going with. It. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. that if you when things are quote unquote good or stable, yep. whatever you want to say, and you're viewing it from the perspective of I've got control over it, which a lot of times we don't. We don't realize we were viewing it from that perspective until things go wrong. Yeah. Like, but I had control. And then oh, you're like, oh, yeah. that's the problem. Ooh. So maybe that to challenge the people listening, the people, <laughs> you know, the oh, people yeah. over there, over list, there? <laughs> listening and watching. Hey. To challenge them, I think there may be an area in your life where you, where there doesn't, it doesn't need to be questioned, but I would encourage you to question, is that because you feel like you have control or because you've trusted God in the situation mm -hmm. and are longing to be wise within that situation with what God has given you? Well, if that makes sense. Yeah. So here's some interesting thoughts from the Old Testament is uh, over and over and over again, and I'm, I'm, I could cite a couple of examples for you, but God warns the people in Deuteronomy before they go into the promised land. He he says, now, when you go into this promised land and you receive vineyards that you didn't labor for and fields that you didn't labor for and flocks that you didn't labor for, be careful that you don't become content and then turn away from me. 
and they do, mm-hmm. they become content and then mm-hmm. they turn away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, king Rehoboam, um, seeks God for three years. And then once the kingdom is firmly established in his hands, he turns away from God. Mm, yeah. Uh, and we see this pattern repeated over and over and over again in the old Testament. And th- even with the manna, God tells the people in Exodus 16, I- I'm going to give you your daily allowance. You don't, don't, don't gather more than you need for the day. And yeah. the people would gather more than they needed for the day because they didn't trust God. And what mm-hmm. we see over and over and over again is that these people, appeared to trust God yeah. while he was providing for them. And then the moment that those resources appeared not to be there, or they were content in their resources, they were done with God, mm-hmm. meaning that their confidence was never really in God. Yeah, It was just like, let me get what I can get out of this. It, mm-hmm. They weren't trusting God. And then they would immediately fall into this turmoil, this terrible position. And I, I just, I wonder how much... Like, Micah, you, you have said this before, and it's the only case that that I remember you've ever said this, but like when Hayes was born and he was mm. sick and yeah. had health issues, your one of your first thoughts was, what did I do wrong? Like, why mm-hmm. is God doing this to me? Um, and even if you can't point to another instance in your life, that's probably, that is an instance where even if it was only a I, moment, I can't think of one, which is yeah, why I, it was so shocking. Right. I think. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you're, you're, you're thinking, what did I do wrong? You're, there's some fear, anxiety, worry, 100%. all this stuff. And it's crazy because I couldn't fix it. It's because mm. you didn't. Yeah. And you're a fixer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how many of us are, how many of us are relying on our resources, relying on what we have, calling it a reliance on God mm-hmm. until we don't have those things anymore. Yeah, and yeah. then when we're, when we're destined to <laughs> the, the curtains pulled back and we are revealed to be nothing more than an imposter, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. that we don't really trust God. And so, um, I, I, if you're listening today and you're like, man, I don't really have any fear, but you know, Ryan, sometimes I, I have sleepless nights and sometimes like here, here's my encouragement to you. It's a little bit of a challenge, I guess, to you is I'm 47 and I am at the place in my life where I am just going, you know what? I'm not okay with this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even if it's 10% of my year, like why am I spending 36 days a year anxious and fearful and not sleeping? What is that really saying about what I believe about God? Mm. And I'm, I'm just not okay with it anymore. Yeah. I, I want, I believe that God is bigger than my fear. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. that he's, he's bigger, bigger than, than your, my worry. He's bigger than your past. He's bigger yeah. than your experiences. He's mm-hmm. bigger than the hurt that's come from the past. I think that's maybe it. Like, I feel like that's the same, that's the same thing. Like your, your, your past experiences and hurt affecting your trust in God is the same thing as someone like me not trusting God because we feel like we were able to deal with that on our own yep. control. I feel like it's the same issue on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's just two different reactions. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, I don't know. One of the things that I'm thinking through a lot the last couple of months, and you'll probably hear me say again, even on the podcast or at church on Sundays or whatever is I, I am, I, I don't want to be content with what I have already received from Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a great paraphrase, but I'm kind of thinking of the end of Philippians 3 where he says, you know, not that I've already obtained all this, not that I've already received all this, but the one thing that I do, pressing on mm-hmm. forward for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, forgetting everything that lies behind and straining for what lies ahead. Um, I do not consider that I have already taken hold of it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and he said, but I want, I want to walk according to that which I've already received. And so like, 
I have received a portion of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, that's enough, what I want to do is press deeper and go, I want more. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's where I'm at in terms of fear and trying to navigate that and being honest with it. You know, this is something I haven't decided quite yet how to do, but I, I, I've been, I've been feeling the need to talk to my boys about kind of what I'm going through mentally mm-hmm. without shaking their foundation, but hopefully in an effort to shape their foundation. Yeah. And I, I haven't figured out a good way to go about that yet where it's, cause I, I don't feel like it needs to be an hour long conversation, but where they're included in the conversation, you know, so that maybe they can in their youth learn from me, mm-hmm. uh, and be people who, who trust God more completely than I did in, you know, at a, at an earlier place in their life. Yeah, for sure. I think that also, go ahead. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Talking over here. Uh, for sure. I think that that also speaks wonders into the, like broadening what you're saying in regards to being a parent, also speaking into us in community. Um, there is a lot to be said of the victory of Christ and and the development that you're walking through. I think that there's there's too often a um, a perspective of you walk into a church and you you immediately judge people based off of either how they're behaving or what they're doing, and and I think there's too what often or what they're wearing. Yeah, and you you usually the thing you hear a lot is well that person has it all together, like mm. and either, and they're basing how they're interacting with that person off of they have it all together. So I'm not going to bother them with this, or I don't need to invite them to this. I'm not going to do that. Whatever. Like instead of viewing people through that lens, we can also I mean if you're somebody who maybe has gone through something in regards to this is what you're saying is you're, you're longing for the other side and there will, there will be another side. And so the perspective from the other side from other people may say, well, he, he's, he's exactly, he's got it. He's got it all together. That was a good joke. (laughs) He's got got it all together together now that he's on the other side of it, but you have a journey that God took you through to talk about. And so I think that there's, and Oh yeah. What song is that? uh, Who is it? That's living on a prayer. It's not Jack. And it's Diana. Bon Jovi. I know, but the, in the song. Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. That'll be next week's episode. That's the that's the cliffhanger. Yeah, that's the cliffhanger. Yeah, there's there's. I feel like the more that we can point to to God and testify of of how He is shaping us and molding us from a a truth based Christ based perspective, uh, proclaiming the freedom that we have from fear. Uh, it, I don't know. It doesn't. What's the word I'm looking for here? I was going to say it brings more reality to it, but that doesn't make it necessarily more real. I just think there's more, it, it invites more freedom, I guess is the way to say it. Like in, in our conversations yeah. as a community, it invites that freedom to say, well, I'm, I'm struggling through this and God is taking me through it, but it's, it's a journey. Like I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't wake up this morning and it's gone, but I'm, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord today. Um, and you're able to talk about that without being fearful and you're able to grow alongside each other. Um, oh, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, right, but a lot yeah. of people don't want to talk about it because they're just fe- fearful of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes back to control as well. Yeah, they don't have control over the conversation or control over yeah, what people so think about them. And so, so exactly. Really the encouragement here is like, this is a journey, maybe for, for you, this is a journey towards coming to a place where you trust God entirely with mm-hmm. your life, understanding that this isn't just a shift of a, your perspective. You can have the perspective that I need to trust God yeah, in every aspect of my life, but understanding that it might might be it might, for some for some of you it might be like an overnight change. Mm-hmm. For some of you, it might be a journey. Sure. Yeah. And so acknowledging that needs the journey needs to happen means removing the uh, um, 
anxiety of actually opening up in the conversation yeah, with other people. For yeah, sure. You, you definitely aren't meant to do this alone. One of, that's one no. of the things we say a lot is that like Christianity was never meant to be a, a solo sport. Like mm-hmm. it's a team effort. And, and, so. and this is what you're trying to say, Pierce. Like you may view other people as them having it all together. And that might be why you don't want to have a conversation with them is because you feel like mm-hmm. they're going to look down on you yeah. as something that's less. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if we don't have the conversation, there is no growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no, there is no journey towards trusting God with every aspect of our life. If we don't start the conversation. Well, exactly. and can you, can you imagine I mean, just how many marriages would be protected and, and how many people emotionally would be protected if everybody was just a little more honest about where they were and how mm-hmm. God was growing them and shaping mm-hmm. them. Like, I just think, I think you're right. I think we hide these things because we're embarrassed, we're ashamed, we're whatever. It's a control issue. Yeah, yeah. And what we're doing at the end of the day is we're actually setting up people for failure, including mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. So whether you're Tommy or Gina. Is that who it is? Yeah. Whether you're Tommy or Gina and you're halfway there. Yeah. Right. Or you're Adele and you're already on the, other, already side. On the other side. Who's just getting started? Hello. Uh, <laughs> well, who, Pink sang the song about the party just getting started. So we can oh, do that. Yeah. So Pink, yeah, she's <laughs> the beginning of her journey. <laughs> you got people that are halfway through, people that are on their side. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere, you know, I'm, I'm Tommy and Gina. Yeah. You know, and, and, the, and I used the to work on the docks. Yeah. You used to work on the docks. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Is it Jimmy World? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, What's that one? That's Jimmy World. Yeah. The middle. Just oh, yeah. take some time. When I copyright, look at that. Whoops, little girl, I had to finish it. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Steven's here. <laughs> We're at the Garden Audio. Uh, go check out the Garden Audio on Instagram. Give them a follow while you're there. Go follow at Simpler Pod. That's going to be a great way to communicate with us, interact with us. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Or you can leave comments on YouTube if you haven't subscribed there yet. It's youtube.com slash simplerpod. Our website, for those of you who don't know, is uh, the456.org slash simplerpod. That'll get you to everything that we're connected to. So that's the core. And the and four, five, six there are the numbers. Exactly. Four, all of these links that I've mentioned are yeah. all in the show notes. So go check those out. Go give us a follow. Give us a like. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us what we should talk about. Um, yeah. And as always, keep crisis core. What could be simpler than that? We'll catch you guys next week. Nice. Bye.